since brevity is the soul of wit. More of your conversation would infect my brain. Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? To speak of him as my kinsman, he's a most notable coward, an infinite and endless liar, an hourly promise breaker, the owner of no one good quality worthy your lordship's entertainment. I'd beat thee, but I should infect my hand. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. The course of true love never did run smooth. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Aiden. And we are the Bix. Yes, we are. And this episode is one we've all been waiting for for a very long time. Uh, it is Macbeth, one of the big tragedies. Um, and thankfully, we are not alone to talk about this one. We have another special returning guest, uh, the always amazing uh, Brittany. Say hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited. I love this play so much. Oh. I know. It, as soon as you told us it was your favorite play, it was like, well, now we know we have to have you back for this one because, yeah. I'm it's... gagging. I literally reread it just for this and I was like, stop. I can't. <laughs> I'm so excited. And it's so funny because, like, Macbeth is the one, like, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Like, Macbeth is one of those plays that, like, everybody learns it in school. Um, True. And like pretty much everybody, if you haven't read it, you at least know the play. You probably know quotes from it. Like it's such a part of our culture. I guess before we even start with our synopsis, Brittany, do you have an idea of why this play is so um, iconic? Iconic, yeah. What makes it <laughs> such an icon? Two words: Lady Macbeth. There you Done. go. Finished. <laughs> the end. <laughs> like my God. But at the same time, though, okay. So Daniel doesn't really know this play that well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I was like, that's totally fair. And I was like, you know, I'm maybe a little grateful that he doesn't, because I'm like, what do you say to your wife who literally stands Lady Macbeth? <laughs> 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 like, maybe this worked out for the better. Maybe my marriage will. <laughs> oh, I love it. Be interesting. <laughs> I love it. I love Lady Macbeth too. Aiden, what do you say to your wife who stands Lady Macbeth? I mean, she's a strong, independent woman who's going to take her throne by hook or by crook. It's awesome. It's it's encouraging. I like it. <laughs> right on. Well, all the way till Act Five, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so mad. It's fine. <laughs> so we always start off with a, um, a quick thirty-second synopsis. Aiden, you have the unenviable task of. Um, tapping into your lack of um, name recognition to uh, make a fool of yourself as you do most times when you do this, right? So um, I've got 30 seconds on the clock. No, I don't. I had 10 minutes on the clock. I'm not giving you 10 minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't need that long anyways. Uh, But because we're recording separately, uh, we're socially distancing this episode, uh, you will need to let me know when the 30 seconds is up. I will let you know. You'll you'll hear it. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay, ready and go. All right, so Macbeth uh, is a thane in Scotland, and he meets these three sisters who are weird, and they tell him that he's going to be king. Uh, and then he gets in his head that he's going to be king, and then he kills the king. Um, and then his wife is like, yeah, you should have killed the king. It was a good thing. And they did it, and then they continued on, and then they both went crazy, and uh, tragedy ensued, and uh, he gets his head cut off at the end, and uh, everyone's mad at him. And that's basically the whole play. <laughs> well, all right. Three, that, two, one. Oh, wow. Yes. You made it ahead of time. Ahead of time. That's impressive. And that wasn't too bad. I mean, I skipped over a lot, but <laughs> it's all there. You hit the high points. You hit the high yeah. points. That's the yeah. important thing. Oh, my God. Good 10 out of 10. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. It is. Uh, 
as we've already said, an iconic play. And it's, it's interesting. It's based on um, an actual historical figure, the real Scottish King Macbeth. Um, Although he wasn't King of Scotland, he was King of um, Alba, Alba, I guess. And uh, maybe was more of a territorial King as opposed to like a, a local yeah, it wasn't king? like yeah it wasn't like a feudal king because they didn't really have feudalism yet right. in this kind of area um he did kill king duncan but he killed him in battle he didn't murder him in his keep in the middle of the night like a little coward wussy baby but um <laughs> wow <Okay>. but uh, <laughs> and probably did so as retaliation for Macbeth not supporting him in a war against northumbria which is how all major fights start as far as i'm concerned if you're not going to back me when i go against northumbria expect to get a knife in your back right like that's oh, just so how petty. it goes it's so true though it's like i'll remember this yes right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's that's basically mid- middle ages europe is like i'll remember this and then they do, <laughs> and that's the whole story yeah. it's just underneath all the like, crests I, was gonna say, I don't even think that's changed in modern day like, no. so pathetic. i'll remember this um king Macbeth reigned for it looks like 17 years aiden is that true in our notes i'm just yep. going by what you you yep, said that's amazing years. yeah and it was it was a very peaceful kind of reign there's none of this like he was a bad king crazy dictator type that's all yeah. Uh, after the fact so yeah this wow. the, not this not based on the historical character very much yeah and he was and yeah he was definitely beloved or maybe not beloved but he definitely wasn't hated by his people the way it's portrayed in in shakespeare mm-hmm. um he died after an english invasion um and shakespeare based his play largely on the raphael holland head uh and george buckman's um later retellings but uh Obviously, those retellings would have been very English-focused, and they wouldn't have portrayed a Scottish king as um, as well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah yes. in a favorable light, for sure. Although, you do have a Scottish descendant on the throne well, at this that's, time. Exactly. That's, that's some of the important context around the play, is that this is really kind of seen widely. I think most of us get this as the the high school explanation too is like this was when the Scottish King was coming on the English throne and you need to have a Scottish play for the Scottish King. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the plays kind of viewed in a lot of ways as propaganda for uh, James the first <laughs> and his uh, he, he believed he was descended from Banquo. So you make Banquo the good guy who gets wrongly killed and everybody's happy. Especially Wait, the King. King James thought he was descended from Banquo. Yeah. This is the, the legend. That's I think. cool. Yeah. Isn't it though? And I mean, yeah. what an excellent choice of character to pick, No too. kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Everybody loves Banquo. Definitely. <laughs> Poor Banquo, man, right? Oh, my God. Let's, we'll, we'll go there. <laughs> well, we, will, we will get there. Um, and then, yes, obviously, this is the, the play that nobody, like, nobody talks about. The Scottish play. They don't say Macbeth. If you're performing it, there's this um, superstition that's, that's built up around it. Do you know anything about the superstition? I don't know anything about how this got started. Does anybody know? I've only seen, I'd say, pop culture references. I don't think I could actually specifically say anything concretely, but I've just heard that, like, um, like those weights that have, like, sand that are supposed to help, like, lift things will yeah. get, like, knocked down and, like, knock someone in the head and just, like, everything goes wrong. Or I've even heard of, like, things catching on fire, right. which is why you never say the name, right? Yeah. I, I just, just word of mouth. It's yeah, like, yeah. And, and I don't know what what basis it has in like like how it got started or anything like that. But it's definitely a thing, right? Like people totally even to thing. this day are like, oh, we're putting on the Scottish play. They don't say mm-hmm. Macbeth, mm-hmm. Um, and even though it it is, as we said, one of the most popular of Shakespeare's plays, and and certainly one of the more, um, uh, I think it's the it's an interesting 
it's one of the more, more interesting Shakespeare plays. I love this play so much. And I know, Brittany, you do too. <laughs> oh, it's I, legitimately is my favorite. And I totally agree. It's so interesting and fun. But I also would argue that it's probably one of the most straightforward of his yeah, plays yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's, it's, it, there's no misunderstanding, right? Yeah. Yeah. The bad guys are bad guys. Exactly. But also the good guys. Like, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because like the Macbeth and Lady Macbeth are like, like obviously the protagonists, but you don't really, you kind of maybe feel sorry for them a little bit, but you also don't. It's, it's, it's interesting to watch their progression yeah. throughout the play. And that's what makes it a really easy one to study because they do have this arc of, you know, they start off just, you know, happy couple and then, mm-hmm. you know, they're dead you know and well, gone totally and crazy. a lot of that is just because of the supernatural which yes. we'll talk about later but yeah. i just love the idea of just like the chaos intervening yes. and mm-hmm. just kind of ruining people's lives mm-hmm. yep right is it yep. faded is it destined we don't know yeah that's going to be our ancient bickerings oh. for today so we'll <laughs> there, even though even though it's a straightforward play there is still lots that you can debate and talk about which is oh also what sure. makes it interesting it's just easy to understand, though. I mean, Definitely. like when you're sitting in the audience, it's like when, like, for instance, I love Midsummer, even Romeo and Juliet, though, you have mm-hmm. to understand that there's like a lot of go between between characters, right? Yeah. And this one's just like, are you a man? Go kill him. <laughs> 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 right? I was totally expecting you to pull that, that out in your 30 seconds. I wasn't going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that Lady Macbeth just being like, oh, go, <laughs> just go teabag him. <laughs> Well, I mean, she's so mad throughout the entire play. Like, God bless her, though. It's true. It's true. Well, let's let's start talking about the characters then. So, um, and and kind of, we're gonna do a little bit different today, and, and kind of talk about characters and the themes that they represent. I think as we go, and we'll obviously let's it. start with Macbeth himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he's he's kind of he is the protagonist he's the the main guy we follow him so we see his relationships with all of these other characters um primarily through like what he's saying what he's doing um what is his relationship like let's start with his relationship with um well let's start with the weird sisters and banquo because that's the first thing that we see in the play right um yes. it kind of represents that theme of the free will versus fate that we're going to talk about a little bit later but um what is his initial response to that, to the Weird Sisters prophecy? Like what, what is it that, that kind of sets the play in motion? How does he react and how do we understand the way he reacts to this? Brittany? Oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> number one, I just have to say that Macbeth to me is a perfect himbo. I'm not sure if you guys agree yes. with me on that one. But himbo. like whenever he is a himbo, like yeah. he, in my opinion, is honest to God, a good guy. And he's just so easy. Like he's like crunk from the Emperor's yes. New Groove. Yeah. Like that's just how I envisioned him in my mind. I'm like, oh, you simple, simple man. It just let like, along so easily to whatever <laughs> end oh you God. want him to go to. Right. Well, and he's got good intentions. Right. Mm-hmm. And like when he first initially meets the witches, for me, it's just one of those things where he's like, eh, bang, right. whoa, check this out. Like he just doesn't take them seriously. And I really think that in terms of him with the supernatural it goes from how we might feel if we were going to go get like our tarot cards read or like a palm read or something right and then to the end of the play he's actively seeking them out right right right. so it's kind of like okay i'm gonna do the tarot card reading to i'm gonna pay 99 dollars for a psychic reading right (laughs) right he goes from one extreme to the other yeah no that's that's Yeah, no, totally. And I, I think that's, that's again, like, that's part of the appeal of him as a character is that he does go through this, 
this uh, transformation over the course of the play. You do see him like joking with Banquo at the start, mm-hmm. you know, not taking it seriously because who would? They're just these crazy ladies who showed up on the he- on the hearth or mm-hmm. the heath or whatever it is, and they're they're hanging out talking, and all of a sudden, you know, he is uh, Thane of Cawdor, and he's like, oh. Okay. And it's just very understandable because like, yeah, we, and it's, it's especially good because uh, we as the audience already know that he's going to be thing of Cawdor. Right. Um, so it, we can see a little bit of that. Uh, we kind of get primed for his reaction. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we know that he's, the prophecy is partly coming true already. Um, he doesn't. So we get this kind of, you know, dramatic irony there and we can enjoy that and see him, see how he reacts to it. And yeah. so you do have a very good, a clear idea that he's not going to take this seriously um, until it hits him over the head. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, after that, everything else is kind of like set in motion from there because Lady Macbeth is convinced right away. Uh, Banquo's scared right away, basically. Like everybody who knows about this prophecy kind of has the same reaction. So it all kind of makes sense, right? It just kills me with Banquo. Like his relationship with Banquo just makes me want to die a little bit on the inside because they were such bros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. And then the prophecy, it just, just everything gets turned on its head, right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. I, uh, we'll talk about the movies later, but uh, I watched the Roman Polanski one for the first time yesterday. Oh. Uh, and both that one and the uh, 2015 Michael Fassbender vehicle uh, were, were good for like having like, them have like this camaraderie and this like it's like the only easygoing moment in any of the movies is like their back and forth and their little happy moments at the start of the play yeah. or at the start of the movie uh so i, I yeah i agree it's like th- this is like the one positive relationship <laughs> including Macbeth and lady Macbeth, uh that you kind of get in the play so it's it is sad to see it fall apart so quick and i, yeah. I think it's a good point you made Brittany that um or maybe it was aiden who made it that uh everybody has this like healthy skepticism of of not a healthy skepticism, sorry, a healthy fear of what the witches have prophesied. Um, It was Aiden. Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, you see Banquo and you see um, like they're, they believe in what's going on there, but they're like, he's afraid of it. Lady Macbeth is not really afraid of it, but she does Mm -hmm. embrace it. And, and Macbeth just doesn't believe it at all to begin with. And I think that that is, he thinks it's a joke. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he really does. And so seeing it, it must be interesting for, to think about it from Macbeth's point of view as like a skeptic who encounters these weird sisters and then like has to, you know, to contend with all of these things coming true in his life as he sees his wife go down this path and his best friend go down this path, like believing it, he falls into it too. You're totally right to call him a himbo. Like he really does seem to be totally like just is. led along, right? Like he, he he's a follower he's almost, the, right? Well, it's because he's so pure and that's why I think he's so easily corrupted, right? right? Because I think that he's just done his best to get by and do what he needs to do. He's one of the few people that we meet in the beginning of the play that's loyal to the king, yeah. right? Because he's literally going against uh, McDonald, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So right. he's he's this heroic guy when we first meet him and we're like, oh yeah, you get it. And him and Banquo are like, bro, bro, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And then it's the equivalent of them walking into like a spoopy shop, and then he's like, aha, what a joke. And Banquo's like, nah, there's some bad juju going on here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> right? Totally. 100%. But I think because Banquo gives it some type of levity, and then obviously mm-hmm. Lady Macbeth does too, I think that's why Macbeth himself gets wrapped up in it. Because if you don't believe it, if if just say Lady Macbeth and Banquo were both like, ha ha, what a good joke, would yeah. any of this have ever happened? That's, that's the point. That's, that's the question, right? Oh. Exactly. 
triggered. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned uh, Duncan. I think the the king is the next one that I, that I would like to talk about is like his relationship mm-hmm. to authority and his relationship to the king because he is loyal to Duncan, right? Mm-hmm. Right from the beginning. And that's kind of a, it's the one thing we know about him when we first meet him is that he is this amazing, like upstanding warrior. Um, for him to then turn so quickly and and murder Duncan in his own home like that is the that's that's cold right and and then (laughs) it's like you've you've promised to protect this guy with your life and then you you take his life like what what's going on there what is what compels Macbeth to completely have this about face aside from just straight up Lady Macbeth told him to do it well I mean like I, I don't know because that was my answer. That's the answer. I guess that is the answer, right? <laughs> well, I mean, there, I mean, I I, I, I find it interesting, depending <laughs> yeah. on the the presentation. But like some some really have him like torturing over it mm-hmm. um, yes. in the in the in the the acting, and other times it's like, oh no, I'm ambitious. I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. Like it yeah. it, mm-hmm. it really depends on on how you kind of play it, especially in like the film versions. Um, because they cut a lot of dialogue and stuff like that. So, you know, if they really focus, like the Polanski one, he really brooded over it, but you yeah. can kind of get the sense that this was actually him driving it. And Lady right. Macbeth was just kind of backing him up. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the 2015 one, Marion Coulter is like, no, you're going to kill this dude. And it's I don't care idea, what it takes really. me to do. Yeah. yeah. To get you to do this. Do you know what though? In the 2015 one, he was quite ambitious too. It actually yes. annoyed the shit out of me because literally with her, she, I don't, I really, okay. I liked the 2015 one. I actually quite enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but there's so many things wrong with it. And we'll talk about that at the end, but okay. just what they did to her character. Oh my goodness me. Oh, they assassinated her. She went from a character that should be so strong and being like, nah, guy, you're going to do this. I'm going to tell you what's what. And like literally when he comes back with the two knives, she's just like, oh, that's okay. In the play, she's like, you idiot. What are you doing? Right? Like she's literally so mad at him. But in the 2015 film adaptation, Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, I screwed up. And she's like, okay, baby, no problem. Mommy loves you. Like, no, stop it. He's a simpleton. (laughs) We hate this. What are you doing? And then she's just so soft. It's like, okay, but that's your points for Lady or Lady Macbeth and we'll get there. But they just yeah. made her, they they gave her her sex back. She distinctly says, uh, unsex yes. me. Yes. And they gave her her sex back. And I was like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. That is a very good point about, about uh, yeah, her, the unsex me part and everything. And and you're, I, yeah, okay, fine. My question no, was, no. was unfair to, to say we can't talk about Lady Macbeth, but because she is kind of, the driving force behind it, right? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. and he's literally like, "Oh, papa, papa," to Duncan the entire time. He right. loves him. He literally goes out and he's like, "Cha cha." I'm one of the yeah. few people that are loyal. Yeah. It's only until Banquo, and I think it's partly Banquo's fault. Okay, I love okay. Banquo too, but he—they both are sitting there being like, "Ooh, this prophecy, ooh, mm-hmm. right?" And he's like, "Oh, maybe there is something to it." So it gets under gets his skin, or it yeah, gets, it gets in his head, right? That he, like, it almost seems like you know he's the only sensible one until everybody around him kind of starts buying into what the witches yes. have said, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to seem like a terrible reference because I don't remember this movie very well, but it's, uh, I think it was called The Number 23 with Jim Carrey, and isn't it like he starts to see the number everywhere? Oh, yeah. It's just an idea that if you place something in somebody's head saying, hey, this thing yeah. is going to happen to you, well, yeah. no, duh, it's probably going to happen because you're just setting yourself up for it. So exactly. he's literally like, oh, okay. I truly think it was Lady Macbeth, though. He's too much of a himbo. <laughs> he's just like, I'm here. 
I got muscles, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, you do, Michael Fassbender. I, I, I will. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, of course. Uh, I will. I will push back against that a little bit, Brittany, because I think it's. I think at the end, especially after uh, oh, for sure. she after she's herself. gone, yeah, and like she's kind of di- they're distant from each other, even you know after the banquet scene mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. like that. They're, they've basically drifted apart, um, but he keeps up the. In fact, he amps up the evil after that yes. point. You know, like he really does. I, I think like Lindsay's phrase is like, what's the relationship to like authority? I think mm-hmm. Macbeth is obsessed with author- authority to a certain extent to the, like, he loves the king because the king has authority. And then as soon as he gets in his head that he could be the king, then he wants all that authority. It's, it's, it's just like, uh, uh, it's just a blatant power grab, right? Like it literally right. is just like, I want to have control over people's lives. Uh, and then he just goes and gets it. And it's, it's, it does seem like a uh, like definitely Lady Macbeth and Banquo and everything you know leads him towards this, but he is the one who winds up doing the killing. You know, like I I, well, I always have a trouble can't with... because it's her, she, it looks too much like her dad. She can't, <laughs> and I totally agree with you. At the end of the play that he has his own ambition and he yeah. seeks it out, but at the very beginning he's like, oh, I don't know if we should do this. Like he still has some sense of morality. I do agree that he loves the idea of authority, but I think he. Oddly enough, for a himbo, was wise enough to know at the very beginning that's not a good idea for me to have. Well, and it's like it's the the difference between ambi- or sorry authority and power is important to remember Ooh, too. True. I think because true, true, true. Um, he a, a guy like Macbeth is going to fall in line with whoever is the alpha dog in the room, right? Like mm-hmm. he's going to um, align himself with authority. And seek that out. And I think that that's also an important thing to remember, you know, in the historical context of Macbeth is that this is a time when, um, like, you need that stability in this time when Shakespeare's writing it. They just got that stability after years of not knowing whether or not Elizabeth, there would be a a Mm -hmm. constitutional crisis around succession. Um, So the idea that that Macbeth is, is going out of his way to first align himself with Duncan and then align himself with Lady Macbeth because all of a sudden she's the top dog and then to like take it on himself and then and then go after it with so much zeal because now he's got the authority he has to create that power vacuum that power structure that is lacking right because the the kingdom of Scotland has been beheaded the rightful king has been killed and now you've got mm-hmm. this pretender on the throne Yes, um, which there's has like, no power. yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. very chaotic, yeah. right? So yeah. he's, he's doubling down on things to try and get that security back almost, right? Which he can't ever get. And you don't get that until the end of the play when the, the rightful Kings are returned to the throne, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the entire play is like shifting this, this, um, like the balance of power, I guess, in a way that. I, that that's maybe what I would argue that that's what that what compels Macbeth to keep going is just seeking out the the stable course, right? Yes, or like shifting authority around or like titles around until yeah. the power goes where it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. it's a fake sense of power what yeah. he has mm-hmm. because they had to literally create it. Whereas like Duncan just has loyal vassals the entire time, right? Yes. Like yeah. Macduff, most loyal dude there is. Yeah. Totally right. Yeah, and that's exactly. just because his authority is legit, yeah. whereas yeah. his is produced, created. Yeah. It's a very good point. Yeah. Um, 
Should we go on to talk about the relationship with Lady Macbeth? Yeah. I think that's the one we all want to talk about. (laughs) I love them. They're my perfect couple. (laughs) They're great. They are a pretty dynamic (laughs) duo, right? Like They're fantastic. It's Yzma and Krunk. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fight me. It's 100% Yzma and Krunk. I fully expect their castle to have the wrong lever. (laughs) <laughs> that's oh my god you know i we never think of this stuff and then Brittany comes on the podcast and all of yeah, a sudden like you, like, you drive the disney references yeah that we should have been making all along. because i'm a child it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um but i think you're right the the uh lady Macbeth does wield a lot of power in that relationship doesn't she mm-hmm. oh she wears the pants she's she doesn't need to be unsexed she's she's already on that path right like (laughs) but he loves it though totally he's so in it he's just like yeah that's my wife look at her being a powerhouse over there she's like hey baby just killing people he's like love you (laughs) like they're great yeah yeah but i love the fact that like Macbeth never tries to take that away from her like i just love Mm -hmm. them as a couple so much because he fully supports her trying to be this like little crazy malicious thing like she's mm-hmm. awful and evil and i love her for it but he's yeah. really like that's my girl trying to ruin yeah. the world you do it babe yeah they, yeah it's a little they are a power couple in that sense right because they they embrace the the positions that they have they're not they don't it's interesting that that Macbeth has all this ambition to like be mm-hmm. other than what he is but he doesn't like he doesn't domineer his wife that's not what he wants he's perfectly happy with the roles being the way they are i think yeah, i would I think it's like, well, do you think that the relationship is 50-50? I don't know. It's kind of like, (laughs) it is. It's kind of like she's the brains behind it and he's just like the (laughs) the figurehead. Yeah. 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 And so you're just like, that works out. Whether you call that 50-50, I probably wouldn't, but it it works for the two of them, right? Like they're they're kind of in alignment that way. Yeah. But wouldn't you say it's kind of 50-50 because he looks at her ugly sides? Like, I mean, how many men in this play could literally be with somebody like Lady Macbeth? Yeah. Right. Really. Name me someone else in this play that could ever hold a candle to being able to deal with her. Yeah. But he doesn't. Well, we'll talk about the general idea of the lady character's yeah, well, maybe we can do it now. But there, there are none. I mean, there's the there's the witches, and there's Lady mm-hmm. Macbeth. So the, it's literally oh, and like, Lady Macduff. Because, yeah. I mean, oh she yes, has a the brief one appearance. Yes, 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 right before she gets killed. <laughs> so <laughs> Which, that's I mean, important, right? right? Because the what are women for? To yeah. murder. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. I mean, they they literally are either murdering or being murdered in this play. Yeah. Like, there's there's no other vision of femininity whatsoever in this play. So it's kind of like. Um, yeah, it's like all the evil is kind of pushed off onto these. And and that's kind of like the the scapegoat view of Macbeth that you can kind of have. And his mm-hmm. relationship to Lady mm-hmm. Macbeth is like, he totally literally true. is just, he has no agency whatsoever. And he's just being manipulated by this power hungry woman, um, which is also a weird thing to do about a play for a king after a queen had just reigned for 50 years. But right. that, that's oh, kind of like beside the point. But it's it, it that really takes away a lot of uh, Macbeth's agency and also... Uh, undervalues in my mind like the the kind of role that lady Macbeth plays because she really is just half of the equation she's not the full thing i i I really feel like i i prefer i prefer presentations like that where where or performances like that where she is a dynamic half of this of this couple that uh together goes on this terrible terrible side quest of taking over the kingdom well and as you said at the end of the play he has his own ambition because they're distanced from one another so Mm -hmm. i would completely agree with you i actually think it's because of like 
she's so important to him and he is to her because I think they like are the yin and yang to one another. Like he needed her to unlock his ambition. And then once her purpose, unfortunately is kind of served, he already has all that desire and like that drive or as Lindsay said, that zeal to just Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, and then go and chop everything else down and ultimately die. But Mm -hmm. he, he seeks that and he gets that from her. Just like, I think she unfortunately gets his conscience, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is definitely not what she needed. (laughs) (laughs) Not good for the long-term health, at least, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think in that in that sense, maybe, Brittany, you're right, that they are a, a 50-50 coupling in that sense. So yin and yang, that's a good mm-hmm. description of it because they do seem like they are better, uh, at least for the purposes of this play, together Always they... together. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? And if they... It, it, they're probably, I mean, as weird as it sounds, they're probably one of the more successful couples in all of Shakespeare, right? They really yeah. are. They totally like support one another. They're very loving. They like, she's always like, you do it, honey, but you're absolutely right. As soon as they breach off and they're by themselves, all heck breaks loose. Yeah. Like he makes really dumb decisions. She goes completely bananas crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like you got to stay together. Got to yeah. be homies. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's, I think that's the other interesting thing about Macbeth's character in relation to her is the fact that he can't stand up to what she puts him up for. Like he, he breaks down first, you know, yeah. he's seeing the dagger and he's, he's seeing Banquo and, um, but the prophecy helps with that. I don't yeah. think it's all on her. He no, also for, is a very simple person. For, yeah, it's true. <laughs> he, he, he will again go wherever he, he, he's led, but, um, but it is, it is interesting that he's kind of, um, I think that the like one of the things that we always ask, uh, or I remember being asked when I was in high school reading this play was like, when does Macbeth go crazy? Is it when he sees the dagger? Is it when he sees Banquo? Like what, what is it that actually pushes him over the edge into madness? And it's a very kind of like, you know, stupid kind of linear yes or no madness or not mad kind of question. But, you know, generally it's kind of like, well, he, he didn't have to kill Banquo. You know, Banquo may have run away and he was a little scared maybe of Macbeth, but, uh, and Lady Macbeth did not ask him to kill Banquo. That was entirely his doing. So it feels like as soon as he's going off on his own, uh, outsider, it just backs up your interpretation, Brittany, that like, you know, they can't, they can't do it without each other. Um, and as soon as he goes down that path, he goes mad and then she gets her madness from him kind of thing. Right. So I, I, I just, I agree. Like these, they're such a good couple. They're fantastic. And I, I'm yeah. so, like, I would say I'm sad that they're evil, but I just love how perfectly evil they are. Yeah. Like, it's just such a delicious play because you're rooting for the bad guys. Yeah. And that doesn't happen often, or at least in my opinion, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. In any other play where there's, like, maybe to a certain extent, you might get some sociopath who's like, yes, Richard III, totally Ooh. a tragic hero. Let's, uh, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Like, in a more modern concept, <laughs> Hannibal, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, That's, something like that, yeah. 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 But uh, it's definitely different with with Macbeth. The fact that these two are are so fantastic, and Lady Macbeth on her own is such a strong female character in the canon of Shakespearean female characters. She's one of the best, she, if not the best, right? I would argue she is the best. Yes. The only other one that I could say is probably very close to her would be Catherine for me from Taming of the Shrew. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But I would throw down for her. Yeah. Once again, they piss me off at the end of the play, but we will get there because they make me so irate. (laughs) Shakespeare does women so dirty. He really can. He really can. And that's that he does always forever. (laughs) Name one instance where you're like, oh, that was a really nice thing you did, Shakespeare. Never. Never last. (laughs) Which is as good a segue as any to talk about Lady Macbeth 
generally as a character. Yes. Um, we've, we've, I think we all kind of agree that her role in Macbeth's descending madness is, uh, we know what that is, right? Like she's kind of the inciting force that sets him off on this, uh, this path, right? I wouldn't say madness though. Okay. I would just say ambition. His mm. ambition? Yeah, because they're not mad when they're together. That's it's true. It's when they separate. Because when you actually hear them plotting, I mean, she's basically like, okay, you're a little simple here, honey, but like, this is what we're going to do. And he's like, I don't know if I can. And she's like, you're going to do it. And he's like, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> but like, the plan works out. When, when they are together, things go somewhat smoothly. She's his strength, right? Like yes, he's absolutely. he's got he's got strength of his own on the battlefield it's and that's so kind romantic of thing. if you think about it, it actually. Kind of, it, weirdly it is. It it kind it of really is. is. Like he's he truly loves his wife. It's so yeah. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, oh. like if, if this was a story instead of about usurping a good king, if it was usurping a bad king, like if yeah. Duncan was made up as like the bad guy in the first act or something like that, mm-hmm. and then it was mm-hmm. Macbeth and Lady Macbeth fighting for their you know, the, the good of their country. Like this would be like the ultimate positive couple in all yeah. of Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just cause they, they, they murder. That's, that's really the bad part. <laughs> they murder. It's just the murders. Yeah. It's a shame about the murders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very much shame about the murder. Such a shame all about that death. <laughs> so much death. Oh my God. Um, uh, well, let's talk about uh, like sexuality and gender then, I guess, because, Brittany, you've already brought it up, the, the unsex yes. me here part, mm-hmm. um, her comment that Macbeth is too full of the milk of human kindness. I mean, that's kind of important to, to reference milk there as opposed to any other, you know, fluid that a person yeah. could create on their own. Um, there's, there's a lot being said about the way that gender is constructed in this play and how gender... Um, influences the actions of the people in the play as well, right? Lady Macbeth can't do the things that she wants to do if she's a woman. She has to be unsexed and turn into a man almost, right, to to commit the stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess maybe you have a a tangent you would like to express about... Well, I have tangents about everything. I'm just like <laughs> holding myself in a little bit. Okay, so wait. Do you want to pop off about the play first and then we'll bring up the 2015 adaptation? Because, oh man. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, let's... I think I think it's, it is good to look at the, the, the text first. So let's talk about the play and how she's presented in the play and then how the film versions, they do make very interesting choices to mm-hmm. how and how they do that really does speak to the culture that produced the movie, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, so we're talking specifically about like just how she has to unsex herself. Is that what? Sure, yeah, and gender and sexuality in general in relation okay. to Macbeth, Lady Macbeth. I think that ultimately, unfortunately, when she talks about like, "Well, I have to unsex myself," and she mm-hmm. criticizes him on being too soft and like almost too womanly, because yeah. as you say, like, why use milk? Well, it's just yeah. because like that's how you coddle someone, right? Right. At the end of the day, unfortunately, I think she kind of has to go like that more masculine route because yeah. even when she decides to kind of, um, how should I say this? Because she has her little moment before they kill Duncan where she's just like, okay, I'm going to unsex myself. I'm going to yes. like beef myself up. But even then, even when she kind of, I guess, quote unquote, puts on her like man pants or whatever, yeah. however you want to put it, 
she's still unable to kill Duncan herself. She literally tells him like, I would do it except he looks like my dad. So Mm -hmm. I can't. So even Mm -hmm. when she decides to kind of like be a man, she can't even go through with it. So Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of interesting because when you view women in this play, they're literally there to die. (laughs) Like that's it. They're there to have babies. They're there to be the supernatural witches that cause ruin for everyone, or they are there to be murdered or Mm -hmm. have some type of like something to do with just death in general. Mm -hmm. So it's like women, I, they're either negative throughout the entire play or they're just helpless yeah so i think if she grows up in this culture where she's surrounded by the idea of well this is my purpose to literally like what do you want for dinner i'm gonna Mm -hmm. sit here while you go off to war like of course (laughs) she's gonna be like i need to be a man about this and like you know unsex myself but even when she does she still can't do what she needs to do Mm -hmm. so i think it's just a matter of the idea that we link character traits and personality far too closely to gender and we've yeah. done that for how long right yeah. like when was this written you guys have notes on this it was like 16 1600 yeah right so even there, from yeah. the 1600s when somebody's oh, yeah. like acting like a wimp it's like oh you're being a pussy we're just yeah. like that's so stupid you're a flaccid penis that's what we should be saying <laughs> like, why does it have to be that like yes. the female traits are what are soft and weak like so yeah. what it looked like your dad no worries don't kill him you can do other stuff i just i yeah. get so frustrated because she literally looks at herself and goes who i am right now is not strong enough but like Macbeth is literally sitting there in the sidelines being like yo you see my wife whoa go babe go like he is so proud of her all the time so it's just like you're the only one who sees yourself as weak babe well and there's 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 a really interesting dynamic that um it really comes to the fore in the 2015 film and I can't help but read it in the in the play too I don't remember Aiden maybe you can remind me in the Polanski film if they if this is as important but the fact that they have no children right that Macbeth oh and God. Macbeth don't yes. have kids it's almost like she's there's that internalized like I'm a failed woman anyway because I can't give no, him no, children no. but didn't they have a kid and in the in reference. the in the no, no, 2015 like in the one, yes, in the 2015 film, they do say but that even she in had the play, fuck, where is it? Do you guys have the line of it in the play? <laughs> is she there, literally is goes there a line? On. Yeah, there's there's literally a line sucked, where she's yeah. yeah, I've given right. suck. I've had a, literally a kid has like been to my bosom before. Yeah, and so yeah, 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 ostensibly. It's gone, right? And th- and yeah. that's the question. Like like to Lindsay's point, I think that was I think the 2015 makes it like super explicit. It really focuses yes. on that version to be or on that line to say like she's but it a makes failed Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it makes her, I don't know if it makes her weak so much as maybe that's the source of her, her own ambition because she already feels like she's unsexed because she's failed to be a mother. Like she, she's literally failed to get her child, you know, out, out into the world. So, and you know, in this, the 2015 one, especially they're kind of like hints that they can't have any more babies either Mm -hmm. because she's, she's ruined that way or something. Um, It's not, it's not explicit in the, in the text, I don't think, but like, if you look at it like that, then her whole performative uh, masculinity stuff comes across as being like, there's it's that or the nunnery, you know, like yeah. if she can't be a, a mother, uh, then she's not a very good wife. And if, and she's not a mother, so therefore she's not going to be a very good wife. So she has to be a man instead. And it, it really is sad because it goes against everything we were just talking about how mm-hmm. they are such a great team together, yeah. um, which is really what, you know, I think maybe it's probably just more of a value statement from like where we live as being like yeah. marriage should be a partnership and a 
and a, a team working together for whatever you want to be, whether it's having kids or, you know, killing the king, you know, like <laughs> you should just be able to work at it together. And right? The, and and yes. you can see that as a reader of the play that they are a good couple. But she, she seems to lose faith in herself almost or something. And then she has well, to go down that path. I don't know because I just don't understand. Like act five has always bothered me. Her hallucinations and how yeah. that kind of starts bothers mm-hmm. me. And like I would argue that 100% it does make her weak not having this child because not in the play. In the actual play, in the actual text, I don't quite understand her descent into madness. And we can talk about that because I truly don't really see how she unravels so quickly but in the movie I really strongly think her losing her child is her weakness because when uh Macbeth goes and gets Lady Macduff and gets the kids and the kids are on the spire or whatever and all the flames shoot up that's when she breaks Mm -hmm. because it reminds her of her kid at that point and that's her weakness and it's like that kind of spells it out because truly in the play what is her weakness Mm -hmm. It she just doesn't happens. have one. Yeah, yeah. it just well, happens. Or, and I get so or, she's, or she's, you know, she's failed to be unsexed. And yes, she has exactly. all this That's softness still yeah. in her. So she can't, she can't, so she, she feels can pretend guilt and she to be. Feels, yeah. 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 No, that's so that, that might be what happens. Oh, damn spot. True, true, true. Yeah. Oh, damn spot. Right? You're right. You're absolutely right. It just is so frustrating because it really just bothers me that ultimately women, weak, soft, frail, helpless, well, and, it's, and then it's, men strong. It's an inconsistent characterization for Lady Macbeth in the play. Yes, and I think the films and, pr- and productions that you see put on have to kind of fill in the gaps a little bit more with her just because, and, and there's room for that, which is great because it leads to interesting adaptations, but um, it's, it's not all there in the play and that reading it on the page can be, yeah, it does happen abruptly and you have to make it's frustrating calls on your yeah. own. Yeah. And, and, and it can be, especially if you really like Lady Macbeth and you're like, well, well this she's she such a strong this. character. Yeah. Yes. Because she's so strong. And I just find that like, I personally thought that she used her femininity to her strength just because mm-hmm. yes. when they initially arrive, like Duncan comes in, she's already got everything set up. Yeah. And when uh, Macbeth initially has his uh, first little like mental snap when he yeah. sees Banquo's dead ghost, she's like, oh, don't worry about that. Like, that's just my husband. Hoo-hoo, yeah, she's a good here. hostess. She like yeah. makes sure everybody's still doing okay and then calls the party off. She's like... <laughs> You know? She's so good at it. So like to me, it's like those are all traits that are associated with women and yeah. she excels. She yeah. does even more than excel, right? Mm-hmm. And then yet at the end of the play, it's like, oh, just kidding. All those soft feminine things that were working for her all of a sudden have not. Well, and yeah. then, I mean, it's a, maybe I'm just spitballing here. I'm like, maybe the the idea that going against your oh. nature is the thing that um, ruins her? that ruins her it ruins him too right mm-hmm. because they because go against their be, central ooh, traits like that mm-hmm. that she is a, a woman uh, going against her womanhood is what leads her to ruin Macbeth is a, a himbo yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a follower when he yeah. tries to lead it leads him to ruin right yeah maybe I it's totally going agree. against their the type that that maybe that's what it is or like not accepting the fact that yeah. I totally agree, like not not going against like going against herself, but also the idea that not allowing herself to be an ambitious woman, like yeah. those two things can go together, yeah. but she doesn't let them. Yeah. And she tries to compartmentalize them and say, no, ambition is my unsexed version of yes. myself. And me being soft and kind is me truly as I am. And I can't put those things together. And yeah. it's like, yes, you can, honey. But she's like, I can't. And then yeah, gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Interesting. 
Oh, she's so great. She is pretty great. But it is sad that the that um she does descend into this madness, right? And I know you said we we aren't calling it madness, but but there is a mental health component to this play. Oh, absolutely. Undeniably. Sure. Aiden, I know you really wanted to talk about this. This was like we have to talk about mental health. Do you want to start us off with a <laughs> Well, I was just gonna say, like it's 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 interesting how um I think it really does get back to what you were just saying, actually, Lindsay, of, of um, what is the origin mm-hmm. of this thing? And I, I love the, uh, there's the the line about the, when the doctor's seen her and Macbeth is like, you can treat her, right? Like you just give her a, a couple pills and and she's all right as rain, right? And he's like, no, you have to treat yourself. <laughs> like yeah. like it's, 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 um, it's interesting because that's really still kind of how we treat a lot of mental illness today. But it's, True. it's, it's about this, um, these, these internal forces that, that you can't see and you can't fight against. And then for a play that's all about, you know, murder and showing us, showing us way more murders than, than usual. Like a lot of Shakespeare's plays like, Oh yeah, they were killed off screen or they chase them off stage and then they come back with a head or something. And a lot of this one's like they stab and like, especially in the film mm-hmm. productions, there's a lot of like blood on screen and stuff like that. Um, so it's these in a play that's all about action and uh, you know, doing the physical harm on people. It's the stuff that we can't see that, that winds up uh, impacting the characters the most and, right. and really wrecking both of them. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just, it's just interesting to me that uh, Shakespeare was kind of using this language of like mental illness as uh, a show in for the, the sickness of the characters themselves, the, the internal sickness that they kind of bear um, and they use it as hallucinations and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, sleepwalking and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's very like, this is kind of like the trope that we now kind of carry through with us all the time. Now it's like these ones that Shakespeare was kind of working with and, and inventing to an extent in his, his era. So I just like it. Like, I, I think it's interesting. I don't know yeah. if there's a whole lot more to say because we kind of touched on a lot of it, but um, yeah, the mental health aspect is, is interesting. I totally agree. And I just love your question down below where it says like, why is a doctor called in to tend to Lady Macbeth? Because as you said, it's like, well, here, have some pills. And it's like, nah, guy, that doesn't work. And as you said, 100%, that is still the mentality of today, because Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just think it's almost really sad in a way. I I, I wish I could use a better word than sad, but that's literally what it is because Macbeth loves his wife enough to be like, I recognize that something's wrong, which I mean, that's a lot more than most things, right? (laughs) <laughs> and then sitting there and being like, I know something's wrong, but I don't know what to do. And that yeah. I think is inevitably the end of her, right? We yes. just don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and true. and I think um, looking back at previous plays that dealt with <gasps> similar themes Ophelia. of like, yes, mm-hmm. Ophelia, I'm thinking of Hamlet seeing well, his Hamlet father's himself. ghost. Yeah. I'm thinking sure. of King Lear and all the mm-hmm. the madness of King yes. Lear. I love King Lear. I mean, Continue. there's there's never as much of a comment on their on the the sickness of it, the the fact that this is something that could even be treated. But Macbeth deals with that directly by having a, a doctor come in and they mm-hmm. they, they recognize that there's a mental component that is affecting someone's physical health. And that seems to be, I can't, I really can't recall another play where that happens, even though there are other plays within Shakespeare's canon that, Mm -hmm. um, that have the symptoms presented so clearly, but they're never like nobody, nobody in the play 
aside from uh, in, in Hamlet, I mean, um, talks about Hamlet being crazy, except for Gertrude mentions she's worried about him, right? Yes. There's no one who brings in a doctor. Nobody yeah, tries no. to help it. No. Yeah. Well, nobody, nobody talks... I mean, like it, Macbeth is interesting that way because we know exactly why she's mad yeah. because she's done some terrible things probably and her conscience yeah. is eating at her and, and it's it's caused her to go crazy and probably and the same for Macbeth. I mean, he literally sees his best friend's ghost because he feels bad that he killed him, you know, and, and it's like, so we get that as the audience. So it makes sense for um, this doctor to come in and be like, yeah, I can't help you because I don't know what's going on inside your guys' heads, yeah. but we as the audience do. Yes. And it, it but it's but it's interesting that yeah, none of the other plays do that, even though in a lot of cases, like, yeah, we understand why Hamlet's going a little crazy because mm-hmm. his mom's banging his uncle, you know, like there's there's good reasoning behind it, but this is like the most direct uh, you know, cause and effect. Like mm-hmm. you do things that you're not mentally prepared to do, you're gonna you're gonna suffer mental health consequences or because of it, right? You do something that you are prepared to do, but you weren't prepared for the consequences. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think in this one, I think even what's more poetic and kind of important, which obviously Shakespeare didn't like explicitly do this, but I think it works out beautifully, is mm-hmm. that if they had stayed together, like the powerful dynamic duo that we all know they are, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this perfect little team and they had just talked to one another because yeah. they're so good at communication. Like mm-hmm. truly, yeah. this is why I love this play because when she talks to him and when he speaks to her, it is like explicit. There's mm-hmm. no miscommunication when she thinks he's being dumb. She's like, I'm a calling you out on it and I love it but yet somehow something as pivotal as him being like I just killed my best friend who's always had my back and she's like I am hallucinating and I have like awful visions of like blood everywhere and yet like that doesn't come up in conversation like make that make sense no but that doesn't make sense it doesn't (laughs) right no it's because like if they had spoken i think it would have been a perfect look open communication and talking does help i mean it's to tie it into modern day you literally have full campaigns of companies being like let's talk or like mental health like it's just about discussing it like just Mm -hmm. putting it out there because that's the first step yeah and then we literally see their ruin because they don't freaking talk (laughs) yes yeah Yeah. well and and both the polanski and the 2015 version had scenes where it was like emphasizing how alone Macbeth was yes, like yeah. the 2015 one has him just walking around being crazy in the throne room and stuff. Yeah. And Lady Macbeth is nowhere nearby. And the Plancy one has a very kind of similar him wandering around the mm-hmm. castle and stuff. So it's like, Although they really do emphasize that like, yeah. yeah, that, that connection is severed and their source of uh, mutual strength is, is broken. And it's, mm-hmm. it really does. Yeah. It signals the end of their, their ability to cope. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, it's true. Oh, you're such a good point about mental health, though. Ten out of ten. <laughs> like, I didn't even really consider it. Like, obviously, when you talk about hallucinations, yeah. but like, you're right. It, out of all the plays, this is the only one where you literally have a doctor coming in because yeah. in in any other play, it's just like, ooh, yeah, you sound crazy. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go murder someone else. And it's right. Like, oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, one one more point about Lady Macbeth, and it's it's again tying it back to to the larger theme about, about power and, and uh, influence and, and all those kind of elements and about her connection to Macbeth. But um, what, what do you think, maybe it ties back to gender more, more naturally, but like um, what is, what is her connection to power and uh, Macbeth and, you know, routing that power through him. And what does that say about her desires and her ability to, to see them come true? Like, 
what are her desires? Because I mean, I was, you gonna... was going to ask. Yeah, I like yeah. I don't get it. I truly true. do not understand. Well, when she gets the thing and she's just like, ho, ho, ho. I'm like, but why? Yeah, it's almost no, like really, why? it's almost like her desires are just to make Macbeth happy. Like she thinks that him being king will make him happy or something. Like this is she wants mm. that for him. I don't know what she wants for herself except to be. Maybe it come. It does come back to gender. I think maybe because she she's her desire is to yeah. be a good wife and to make her husband happy. Well, but in this play, in this play, is that what women want? Like, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to see. We it's don't so know what women want. No. There's yeah. only one woman. There's, there's only, only one. one woman. Every other woman is... <laughs> or, or a witch. There's only one. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, true. I'm, I'm, I'm witches, talking about the witches. But, yeah. but the witches are literally there to be like, Haha, I'm here to fuck up your shit. And then Hecate well, comes in and she's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And they're like, oh shit. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh shit. And she's like, okay, I will fix all of your stupidity. <laughs> Like they're uh-huh. literally just shit disturbers. Yeah. It's yeah. like walking into it's like if you if you're to take any adult and put them into a room with like five year olds. Good luck. Right? <laughs> That's literally the witches in this play. They're just like <laughs> like they're insane. I love them to death, but they're chaos in pure form. Yes. Yeah, but, but but I think there's a reason that they're all women. Like it's all witches and not sorcerers. Yeah, because women or, are evil. Or, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and that and that's the thing. So like Lady Macbeth's uh, ambition is is it just pure evil like is it just an, no. is it just an offshoot <gasps> of the the you? the witches like i'm i'm not saying that's what i think because i like her <laughs> character too much but i think the play kind of leads you a little bit towards that that you ask that question why does she want this because she's a woman and women are evil in this play and it's like a self-fulfilling it's an easy you know, it's an easy answer yeah. to say like to have yeah to, to yeah. have a play where there's yeah. only three crazy witches and a uh, lady Macbeth, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm right. Psychopath. I'm it's, psychopath. it's easy yeah. to kind of draw those parallels, but I think, um, uh, like obviously, a modern audience is going to want something more from that, and that's where you get, you know, uh, Polanski yeah. trying to say something, yeah. or yeah, 2015. Yeah. They say they're they're trying to make it m- deeper than that, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't I still don't know what it is that I was she gonna wants. Say, I'm still sitting here like, make it make sense. Yeah. I agree. It is easy to just be like, push your evil. Yeah. But like, I still truly to this day, like, I love reading this play, but I hate it at the same time because I'm like, girl, why? Yeah. yeah. Like, you literally opened this letter for your husband. And he's like, oh, ho, ho. and it's just like, perfect i so and also actually totally like okay now i'm riled because (laughs) (laughs) no how come she is like she's the most logical ambitious like girl you get it kind of woman and yet she's like oh my god you came across witches let's believe their prophecy what (laughs) how does that work like i'm sorry you really think that lady Macbeth is the type of person to walk into an establishment and be like can i have my palm red okay (laughs) as if so what the fuck? How come she's just like, oh, my husband found some witches and this makes sense. No problem, baby. I totally stand this. We're going to go fucking kill a king. What? Well, How I, does this make I sense? Really, I really hate to say it because I don't, I don't, I think Lady Macbeth is one of the, the best Shakespearean female characters. But I think in that moment, she is a plot device. Like, I think that's, that's Lady Macbeth's yeah. plot device coming through. It's it Shakespeare is. saying, we need to pull, pull this forward. We need a little... 
not deus ex machina, but we need something. So let's just give it to Lady Macbeth. Like, let's let's make this happen, right? Yeah. Like, Yeah, and that, that's why I like the 2015 one, because it does try and provide a reason, at least, whether or not you buy into it entirely. The, the idea that she's she feels like she's failed as a woman, so she has to just devote herself to manly yes. pursuits instead. Mm-hmm. It's a way. I mean, it's, it's it, a way it of is. making it work. Yeah. I'm going to go with the whole idea of Lindsay's of just like, I love my husband and I want my husband to be a king. Like that's, <laughs> yes. that's where I'm going to go with this. This is just her having a fucked up sense of devotion yeah. and just being like, I love you so much. I will murder a king for you. Okay. I would accept chocolates, but this will do. Too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess, guess oh we're gosh. murdering a king. <laughs> what else is there? I just, she's so perfect and so problematic. Yes. That, I think that captures it perfectly. Lady Macbeth, perfect and problematic in every way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just could have taken the chocolates. Chocolates or coffee or roses, maybe? Murder. Murder. Let's do that. All right. Speaking of murder, weird sisters. The weird sisters. Yes. Yeah. I think we got to talk about them. Um, I hate them. You hate them, but you hate to love them, and you love to hate them. It's, well, that's okay. how do I you think, guys, right? Do you guys subscribe to the whole idea that they were written in by somebody else? Have you heard of that? Like, yeah, yeah. I've heard that, but I don't. I don't think so. I feel like it's too integral to the plot. Like, I don't feel like you could take that away and still and make add, it work. Yeah, and still make it work. And, and it, yeah. like the writing of the them themselves is like. Well, it's, it's predominantly the scene with Hecate that they say was uh, okay. after the fact. And that, yeah. that might be, because it does, it does seem to undercut a lot of the, the weird sisters power, right? Yeah, that they yeah. would, that I feel is very Shakespearean. It's like, and, and it leaves it on that ambiguous note that we're not probably not going to be able to come to agreement about is, is this fated or is it, you know, free will that leads to all of this disaster um, mm. If you have a, a super powerful, you know, head honcho witch who like comes in and, you know, it kind of undermines the the chaotic quality that these three witches present in the play, which is a very Shakespearean, ambigu- ambiguous, ambiguous chaos. Yeah, right. He was adding more and more of that ambiguity, like as we've gone through the plays, we're like he's much more comfortable with ambiguity. Yeah in the plot in the the resolution of the characters and all so, this so so that's where i would feel. say like the the hecate hecate character would probably be uh if if there was anything any truth to the uh somebody else wrote this that might that might sway me in that yeah yes that's fair that direction but yeah i mean like 100%. the the weird sisters roll over well i think we've overall i think we've touched on it you know enough it's like they are kind of the, the driving force but also you know just the first are they the driving force are they just rolling down a tiny stone that then uh Macbeth picks up and rolls all the way to his own death with you know like it's that's the question that's that's the question we'll come back to but yeah I think it's um yeah I think maybe more than even them like the supernatural aspect generally of Mm -hmm. being like um this is one of the more supernatural plays it's kind of up there with the Tempest and the fact that like we see supernatural characters doing Mm -hmm. supernatural stuff like spooky yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's a very October play, you know, like, it's, oh, it yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's really, uh, it's just interesting to think of Shakespeare, because a lot of the times he's, he's a pretty realist, like he doesn't, he doesn't really have God taking too many sides in his mm, plays, but mm-hmm. he will, he's fine with having witches, you know, kill and do fairies. 
or fairies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. just like, that's, doing tricky things, right? That's, yeah. I think, yeah. a nod to, I mean, James I was obsessed with witches. He wrote a whole yes. book on how to find witches and what to do with them. Like, he was obsessed with it. So it's almost like he's he's peppering this into this play in a mm-hmm. way to, like, curry totally favor with, with the king, right? Yeah. 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 So it actually explains that. A bit. I mean, the whole play is kind of, yes. again, going back to the origin, yes. right? A lot of it, it's it's kiss and ass for James first. So, it yeah, it makes sense that you feel say, funnily enough, in grade 11, that's what my teachers said, too. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. They were literally, like, so all this supernatural shenanigans is strictly because of the king at the time. Yeah. Because yeah. he was just like, you like that? All right, let me just do a quick little play here. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Slice it up a little bit, right? James is like, 10 out of 10, love this plate. He's like, yeah. so about more money, yeah. right? Like, why not? Yeah. I would do the same thing. That's exactly totally. it. Like, we we just did our episode on, like, sh- like Shakespeare and economics. Like, Shakespeare was a businessman, right? Like, he's going to yeah. he's gonna go where the money is, and this is where the money is. The, the king Can I just say, flat. though, thank God for King James the first, though, because I freaking <laughs> love the supernatural. So, like, God bless the fact that he was just so into it as well. <laughs> we wouldn't have had McBeth. Yeah, well, and the, the witches are just the best, worst characters characters they are and it's it's one of the more i mean it's it's pretty obvious when you read it that you know i i'm not going to remember the the foot style that the 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 rhyme scheme that the um that the witches trouble yeah yeah but it's different right like it it hits different it literally does so it's like everything about them from the way they act from the what they say how they say it it's like they are they're completely weirdly fully realized as these mm-hmm. otherworldly characters from the moment they step on this, onto the stage. Um, and they're so memorable at it. Like, Double Double Toil and Trouble is, like, everybody can quote that. You don't even have it's to iconic. have read. It's it so is. iconic, right? And are they not the ones that said, uh, foul is fair, yes. fair is foul? Fair is foul, foul, foul is fair. Yes, yes. and yeah. that's them too. Yeah, because yeah. all of their statements are very contradictory as well. They are, yeah. exactly. And that's that. That's an interesting thing that we haven't talked about, but the idea that, you know, um, what is reality? And and it, it kind of leads into all of the mental health aspects that we already talked about too, that like what you're seeing, is that really what's happening? Or have has your perception of what's going on been twisted by something else yeah. internally, right? But, well, like, yeah, Dunsinane Wood doesn't really no. come to the castle, or Burnham Wood. Uh, yes. it's, it, it's literally just a couple branches of it, but it, he sees it as the whole Exactly. There is no forward. dagger, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Lady Macbeth's hands don't really have blood on them. Um, but fair is foul and foul is fair. So we don't really know what's real and what's not anymore. Yeah. And the, the Polanski one, just to jump in quickly before I forget about this, but they, uh, for the, the scene where he goes back to the witches and they show him all the, the line of Kings and everything. They do that as like a, like a drug sequence. Like they give him something to drink and then he's like tripping balls and seeing like a weird, uh, very sequence and stuff. Yeah, it is. And, but it's, but it was interesting because it's like more of that, like, can you trust your eyes? Do you, do you believe what you're yes. seeing when you, when you do these things? And uh, it really pushes him. It was very effective in the way, in the sense of like pushing him past what he's uh, comfortable with. Right. Mm-hmm. And on towards his final doom. So. Uh, before we get into the film adaptations, um, because we are talking about a King, one of the questions that Aiden and I have been talking about throughout the podcast, as we've touched on plays that have Kings is what makes a good King. And mm-hmm. um oh. This play, you see how many kings. You see King Duncan, you see Macbeth, and then you see... Yeah, and you have this... this. There's a plethora of kings in this play. 
Um, I guess, are any of them good? Are any of them successful kings? And if they aren't, what would have made a successful king in this play? What would have kind of stabilized things? Well, technically you have King Edward off to the side, don't you? Wasn't it Mm -hmm. Edward that Malcolm runs to? Yeah. 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 So we also have that as well, right? That's true. Yeah. The well, evil of course, English the king. good English king, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, the English king is by far the most successful one in this play, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, but it is it is interesting to think that like Duncan, despite being kind of viewed as the good king, yeah. he's not good enough to realize that Macbeth's going to kill him. Yeah. Like, and he he was just putting down another rebellion at the very start of the play. So mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. he's not really obviously a very good king. He has all these problems, anyways. Um, yes. Even if he's a nice guy, we've 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 run into this problem many times in our episodes, Lindsay. Is, yeah. You know, you can be a nice guy or you can be a good king, but you can't be both because yeah. good kings have to, you know, put down rebellions and be harsh with people and, you know, reward loyalty over those people being good people and so forth. Right. So it's, yeah. it is still. Well, I mean, but yeah. technically wasn't King Duncan doing those things then? Because I mean, he was putting down the rebellion. He, he was. Had, uh, yeah. to do that. And he did put loyalty before anything because he had Macduff as his right hand. Yeah. But he didn't just, He um, didn't see Macbeth's ambition. And that's something that I don't know if we can blame no Duncan did, for that. Yeah. Because you yeah. can't because it's literally the weird sisters coming in once yeah. again, full with their shenanigans, mm-hmm. right? Because if the sisters had not been there, and this is kind of bleeding into the final question, but if they had not been there, would, would any of this have anything? Yeah. Right. Which we'll get to. But yeah, I just have to say, going back to what you're saying about the Roman Polanski, I really did like with the 2015 version with Michael Fassbender, yeah. what they did with the witches there too. Mm-hmm. Although I was a little like, huh? No Hecate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, fuck? which, because that scene is kind of like, it is important, but you can also just not have it in there and it's fine. Which is why I was like, is it real? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did it happen? That's fair. Is it real? Did it happen? Is it in the Polanski version, Aiden? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I did zone out for about five, ten minutes in the middle <laughs> right That's around fair. that time. So I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't think mm-hmm. I saw it in there. So, yeah. Yeah, it's also. Class, I just so. love how they portrayed the the witches. But anyways, going back to the whole king thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if we can say that Duncan is a good king, but I think we can pretty much agree that Macbeth is not a good king. Yeah, yeah. and See, I think yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead, Brittany. I <laughs> oh, was just gonna say. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, if you literally compare, if you just have those as like yeah. apples and oranges, yeah. Duncan yeah. or like Macbeth, well, no shit, Duncan's mm-hmm. the better king, right? Yeah. But that's literally being like, okay, do you want to have like one leg cut off or just mm-hmm. like be completely amputated? And it's yeah. like, okay, well, I guess I'll just hobble. Like, I'd rather just kind of suck and have a not great life. Exactly. Like, if you have to, if you have to hurt me very badly, just hurt me that way. Don't kill me. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's, exactly. that's, that seems to be Shakespeare's, like, that, that's what he does when it comes to kings, is he's like, not you're not. Is awful. Just <laughs> there, like, I feel nice, I like, want to clarify. <laughs> I feel nice to be ableist, you know, but. Yeah. Um, I was just really saying that after my stupid metaphor, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> just got to clarify. Okay, sorry, yeah, I did. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong. Fuck <laughs> me. Okay, just keep going. You just bulldoze me, please. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think Shakespeare doesn't, Shakespeare doesn't have an answer. I think it's one of those things that's like lynching. You, you just, you know it when you see it or pornography, like, you know it when you see it, like there's, there's no like good King, right? I mean, like being a good fair. King, he, he doesn't really have an answer for it. Right. Like, or yeah. use your example of pornography. Everybody has different taste. I guess I that's true. To be a, a good king, yeah. You're going to find is a good, that's not going to get me off. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
exactly. You got to find something else that scratches your itch. Okay. Yeah. I mean that that makes sense. I think I think so, it's it's, like, a, it's an interesting question, and I don't think oh this God. play helps us to answer it really. Right? Like, no. It's it's no, one of those. Yeah. It's one of the plays where it's like. The, there's the bad. I can identify mm. the bad, but what does good look like? Yeah, well, not the bad. Like, yeah. and that's the answer. Like, to be fair, we never actually see the kings really rule. That's because true. Yeah. When Macbeth does get the power, it literally is just like, oh shit! I, I gotta keep like putting out all these fires and yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we don't actually get to see them make decisions. Yeah. we're literally that's introduced true. to Duncan. He's like, yo, what's up? And Lady Macbeth is like, me, yeah, me, kill me. Yeah. right? Yeah. And then literally just Macbeth is, as you said, putting out fires. So we yeah. don't even get to see what a good king is like we don't yeah. get to see a king period the That's only true. thing that we do in theory have as a good king is king edward because he's like yo you need safety i provide safety so that's i guess true. that's the one good character of a king safety yeah stability stability <gasps> yeah you, you know what that's all Brittany, i was literally just gonna say that i was gonna be like stability and you took the words from my mouth that's amazing we we're on the same way yes no, exactly perfect <laughs> No, I think you're right. Like it would, it would have been stability because when you have no stability, then that's the that's what throws you that's off. The bad king. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Have it be coward. So we'll jump into the films quickly. I mean, I think we've talked a lot about them a lot, but um... no, we haven't. We gotta go. You <laughs> have more. no idea. Brittany, oh, Brittany has God. thoughts on the 2015 one, so we oh, will just... get to those <laughs> shortly. A little bit. Um, but uh, there's also worth mentioning. We mentioned the the Polanski. It's yes. pretty famous. Uh, the Fastbender one from 2015. And then there's also uh, Kira Kurosawa did, uh, I think it was like 1958, A Throne of Blood, yeah. which is another adaptation with Lindsay and I watched back in university. Um, and it was like set in samurai dark. Japan. And yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah it's, tell me on it. It's yes, very no? Kurosawa, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's another interesting take because it is, um, I mean, it's like when we talked about Ran. Uh, his Lear remake. It was. Yeah. It's very. It's very Japanese, um, but it also just has. It really gets to the core elements of the story about ambition and and the the Macbeth Lady Macbeth dynamic yeah. is really kind of the core of the movie. Yeah, and so it it does still translate quite well. Um, but all three of them being like the big ones, um, they're all very dark. <laughs> it's a very dark, a dark play, play. You know, <laughs> it's it's such a it's such a bloody, messy, gross play in a lot of ways. Um, that you can kind of see why, like, uh, especially the Polanski one kind of killed uh, the Shakespeare movie industry. Because, like, after you saw that, you'd be like, I'm good for Shakespeare movies for a little while. Because, honestly, like, it's it's a very depressing uh, film. Mm-hmm. I, I think the play itself can be kind of redeeming. And uh, you can really enjoy Macbeth and Lady Macbeth's uh, transition through these this crazy dynamic they mm-hmm. go through. Um, but that movie in particular doesn't do a great job of that. It's more of a, a visual and the character elements are, are a little secondary they're, they, It's still obviously very focused on Macbeth. Uh, Lady Macbeth is not nearly as big of a focus. I don't know if you guys have seen the Polanski one. Lindsay, you I saw have, it in high school, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. I have not. But, okay. Cause the Lady Macbeth there is, she's kind of an afterthought really. Like she does wow. not get, especially compared to the 2015 where like mm-hmm. they really took time to build up, uh, Lady well, and that, that's 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 how the sixties and seventies Shakespeare productions were, though, right? Like it mm-hmm. had that very much of a, a an English, um, uh, very staid, very theatrical quality to it. That yeah. um, and and, and quite close to the text. Yeah, and then and then like you you mentioned, you referenced it 
this afternoon when we were talking about like even just the character of Lady Macbeth being kind of almost too feminine and not like um oh, and yeah. not in like an attractive way. Like yeah. like, you know, there's yeah. there's just something about the the Polanski version that you you definitely can tell why this play or why this film like it it was 15 years before another Shakespeare film was made right because it just ruined it and I mean Polanski also you know being Polanski yeah Yeah, exactly yeah there's a a lot of stain going on there but I mean it's it's yeah it's not a I just don't understand I just understand how you can have a Macbeth movie without Lady Macbeth like how do you make her an afterthought how it, it it was it's it's hard to describe it's just like she was really just all of a sudden there and she wasn't she didn't have the dynamism of no Caudillard she, in the she's sense just of reading like, the lines like she's she shows no. up to read Do the you lines think it was just a bad casting or was no, it like, no, like the actress just the actress does a bad job fine job it, it was polanski's choice like he very much mm. sidelined he wrote a bad script yeah like it was did. Yeah, it was it was him and some other guy, uh, and they they just they decided to focus. This is Macbeth's play, and this is Macbeth's movie. So, mm-hmm. and that's what I really liked about the twenty fifteen one was that it was not. It was really the two of them having this fucked up dynamic, mm-hmm. um, and I I really like that bit. But but Brittany, we know you're not a huge fan of. Well, okay. In that one. <laughs> I okay. So let me start off by saying the aesthetic, like the color choice oh, in the 2015, yeah. perfect, Beautiful. amazing, fantastic. Yeah. The OST, like the soundtrack, yep. slaps, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. The beginning sequence of like literally Macbeth just being like "What ya" with mm-hmm. this. Like, okay, I, have you guys ever done anything like Scottish before? Like, have you gone to a Highland Games? I have. No. Yep. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen when they take that gigantic piece of like the caber and they freaking just hoof it? It just, I was sitting there and I was like, whoa, that's how it felt. Because like I used to go in Welland to the Highland Games because I'm like part Scottish, right? So I was like, oh my God, this is so brutally like uh, visceral. Yes. Right? It just was so good. And I was like, I am so hyped and ready for it. Yeah. And then they just, like, I, I really loved it. I loved the film. I just thought that they really drove home the baby aspect yeah yeah and it just kind of disappointed me a little bit just because it's produced in 2015 so mm-hmm. you would assume that and by such a wonderful actress too and i yeah. think she killed it yeah um and yeah. as did michael fassbender and i think it was a it's an excellent film if i didn't love lady Macbeth as much as i did <laughs> well and then and it's it really interesting that um the choice they She's, made to lean into that it yes it gives a reason for what's happening it's just maybe it's not the right reason i i personally liked it i liked it a lot more than other adaptations and and that i've seen of Macbeth. but oh, okay, i i think it's um i was like not just romeo and juliet with like, like no. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Continue. but it's, it's like, like i i appreciated the fact that it <laughs> did something different with it and and yes. and added a layer of depth um but i totally see how it like you're um, it, it just bothers me it. because women aren't just about babies. Yeah. If you don't have a child, it doesn't yeah. mean that you're a bad mom. It doesn't yeah. mean that you're less of a woman. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it, there's no fucking bearing on your character whatsoever. So I guess it just really irked me a little bit that they're like, oh, she lost her child and now she's all about babies. And yeah. like, it does make sense. And if like, okay, how do I put this? 
it makes sense and I love the reason and it's fantastic and it fits the movie and mm-hmm. it fits the narrative and it's so good but it's not true to like the it. play but it's yeah. not true to the play yeah. in the play she doesn't give a fuck about kids she's just like whatever burn them let's go like yeah. she doesn't care so it just I guess it just it does change her character not going to be perfect it does it just mm-hmm. it made her a lot softer which is fine and there's nothing wrong with that it's just that's not how she is I, I was thinking as you were saying that I'm like they have a baby it's the baby of ambition yes exactly <laughs> oh my you god know, like, that, I'm gonna get that's... that on a t-shirt <laughs> my baby's ambition I love it oh my god and, and it works like that that's kind of how it and it kind of works in, in that in the 2015 movie that way too though because it's like she's given up on on real babies but god damn it she's gonna get you know the throne is her baby kind of thing mm, it's okay it's it, I, it, I like it, but I can see also where it is. It is oh, uh, I think a it's total distortion of the character. But like, yeah. it's a distortion of the character, but it is beautiful because like mm-hmm. when the kids are being burned at the stake, yeah. and then she sees the witches and she's walking towards them, and the one is yes. always carrying her dead child. Yes, I'm like, oh my god, it is so fucking perfect. Yeah, like it's so well done, and I I love the film for that. It's just. My girl didn't care about babies. Why are you making her care about them now? I just, I guess I I feel like it's a cop out. I just felt like it was a cop out. We have a woman. What do women care about? Babies. Yes. It's just like, have you ever seen those stupid memes, like those TikToks, where it's just like, I'm a woman written by a man. Yes. I'm helpless. Babies, babies. I'm helpless. I'm like, you know what I mean? It's just like that kind of crap. And I was like, why? Why would they do that? Yeah. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. And I guess that's, just the, didn't need that's the, the frustrating thing that it's either that or you have like a quote unquote descent into madness without any reason for yes, it. Yes, but what's wrong with that What's though? wrong with like, that? Oh, what's wrong with the yeah. ambiguity? Or ambiguity? Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with the ambiguity? What's wrong with the open-mindedness? Like, or yeah. the open-endedness rather? Like, why does there have to be a reason why somebody just fucking snaps? Well, Did they not just plot a whole murder? And that's <laughs> and that's where I think modern film interpretations, like, I, I hate to say that filmmakers don't trust an audience anymore to come up with their own ideas, but it's almost like that. They, they need to have it spelled out. Like, We've yeah. been watching a lot of David Lynch films. We've been with Brittany talking about, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of ambiguity in a David Lynch film. And I think a lot <laughs> yeah, of modern fun. audiences don't respond well to that because they want answers. And so this 2015 film gives a solid answer for it. And it, it yeah. leaves you, if you like the ambiguity, it, it does give you a, a, a weird, it leaves you feeling weird, right? Because it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fit. I like my interpretation better, and now this film has ruined it for me, kind of thing, right? So, or like it's just one of those things where if I expected there to be a little bow on top, yeah. fine, whatever. But yeah. like I wasn't expecting that because mm-hmm. everything up to that point had basically been true to play. Yes, mm-hmm. like they did a very good job of adapting it. And I mean, I I even suppose I have an issue with her descent into madness mm-hmm. in the actual play mm-hmm. as well, though, because it does kind of strike me as just a little random. But if we go back to the whole idea that they're literally a powerhouse together and they're separate that makes sense so it works so I'm a little like more appeased on that note but in terms of like I don't know it's a wonderful movie like I would highly recommend it 100% it's so great but just what the fuck why babies (laughs) why babies it's a good question why babies question we ask all the time (laughs) oh uh... yeah no but like as you said their baby is ambition was that not enough yeah Yeah. I will say as as far as um the film production we talked about this on um when we did, uh, we've, we've talked about this film before and, and mentioned this, that uh, the the Polanski version has that high medieval, like, set design, yeah. whereas this one yeah. feels very Scottish. It's dark, it's it cold, it's, it's wet. It's so great. It's oh. like, it's, it's 
dark ages Scotland almost. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. really wonderful, and I love that modern um, interpretations are are going that route. Like we're not walking around with the frilly lace collars, right, and trying to pass that off as like the Scottish it Highlands, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and yeah, I remember when we talked about it previously, like they filmed mostly on location or it was in like, the, well, like yeah, they filmed it Ireland in Ireland or something or in, in central it? Europe or something like that. But oh, it was okay. definitely a cold place. Like this was not a soundstage. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's nice. it just, the aesthetic was so good and the color palette was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like it was a lot of muted tones throughout, yes. but it just fit it so yeah. well. Totally. And then when they hit you with like that bright red or yeah, something. Yeah. Like you're like, yes. Oh, this Whoa. is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's getting serious, yeah. Oh, it was just so well done. Like, it's such a beautiful film. Like, I honestly mm-hmm. would just watch it again for the aesthetic. Yeah. If I longer stay, we shall begin our ancient bickerings. So this episode's ancient bickerings. Uh, we've talked about it. We're coming around to it. We are gonna. We are gonna get an answer. Um, the way Lindsay's worded it in the notes is wrong, but I will give it anyways. Do uh, does Macbeth choose violence, or is he fated to to this end? Uh, is it fate? Is it choice? Is it, uh, you know, is it destiny? Uh, does he make the choice or would the the sisters, without the sisters, does any of this happen? It's all kind of one big question. Like where, where's the, where's the responsibility lie? So um, whatever formulation of the question you want to answer is great. <laughs> Lindsay, do you have an answer already? Uh, well, yeah, I do. Okay. You want me to go well, first? You, we'll go yeah. you, then Brittany, then we'll come back to me. Uh, because I want to see what you guys say first. Because <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> you don't have an answer, or I've got I, maybe I don't know. Oh. Well, I I definitely I mean I can. Aiden and I have this argument regularly about fate versus free will, and and I am definitely on the side of free will here. And so I mean I think oh. it would be a betrayal of my own position that I have argued for the last eighteen years in this relationship to say anything other than. Macbeth woke up and chose violence. He chose to go out of his way to to bring about the the uh, the end. And, and Lady Macbeth has a has a hand in it. Obviously, she she coaxes him along. But I think he was he was going to be headed down that path anyway. I I I firmly believe that this is entirely his own free will um, that he makes that choice because believing otherwise means that I don't have free will. So, and that scares me. So this is how I'm going to answer this question. Do you frequently meet weird sisters though? No, but I mean. Like, where's your logic? What the fuck? The idea that that I don't have control over. Is Hecky in your pocket right now? Like, I I don't want to entertain the question. I plead the fifth. Can I do that? that... It was a trick question. It was a trick question. Reject the premise of the question. Not even. Women pants don't have pockets. I don't even have pockets. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. We have to have purses because you know why? More shit to sell the women. It's oh, another rant. <laughs> but that's that's okay. all I have. I that's that's. So, I feel like Lindsay's if I said that otherwise, yeah, Aiden would would choice. murder me. But um, yeah. Brittany, okay, what do you so think? You think no? I'm trying to baffle over here. So you think free will just because you have to? What? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like an awfully predetermined choice. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, both of you. Good lord. <laughs> no, because what is? I'm just like over here. I would be. Oh my god. Thank God this isn't paper because I'm like evidence question mark citation question mark. <laughs> <laughs> where i have no evidence i have no citation it's my feelings it's my feelings i am i am all up in my feels right here okay uh well i think it's destined okay <laughs> 
because I'm going to go right back to a, the like number one point I made. Macbeth is a himbo. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that he would have ever come to the conclusion of murdering the king on his own because he literally just fought an entire rebellion for mm. him. And quote and him were like, bro, bro, bro. It was just beautiful between them. They're best buds. They're living their best life. Literally, Lady Macbeth is just, I don't know, being ambitious, being wonderful back at the castle. Like, everyone is just okay. It's not until the weird sisters are like, psst, do you want a prophecy? (laughs) And it's like, no, we fucking don't. Leave us alone. (laughs) You tragic, evil women, (laughs) right? But it it just, it's Mm. like literally when you give a kid something and you're like, I can't wait to see what they do with it. And then it's just like that clip on like, oh no, oh Oh, no, 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 right? (laughs) That is literally Macbeth. He is predetermined to make a terrible choice because it's whispered into his ear. And as soon as you tell somebody they're going to do fine or they're going to do terrible, they start to have that inkling of, okay, well, I kind of believe it. Right? And then, of course, Banquo is sketched out by the witches. And Lady Macbeth is just like, as you said, loves her husband so much that she's like, yes, be a king, honey. Let's go. Right? So it just inevitably because of the witches. It's it's predetermined. He's too much of a nice guy, genuinely. Although I hate using the term nice guy because when I think nice guy, I don't actually think nice guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a Reddit nice guy subreddit. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> but he's too much of a himbo. He's yeah. too yeah. like, oh, I'm here doing good. Like he, oh my god, no. Do you know what he is? He's a himbo, but he's also a golden retriever. He's like, did I do good? Did I do good? And oh my god, you did so good, buddy. You did so good. Have a new title. Have a new title. <laughs> right? I mean, you're not wrong. That's true. I like it. It is yeah, true. It's, it's predetermined. Like, yeah. it's like okay. For instance, uh, it, it's like you have cats. I have a dog. You know for a fact that if you create an environment for them in which something could go horribly wrong, is it gonna? Yes. Yes, it is. We all know this. We could all answer yes. Why? Because it was fucking predetermined. We created the environment that something bad was going to happen. Is that the same thing as fate, though? Because I know Aiden is going to argue about fate. Aren't you, Aiden? Oh, okay. No. no. Oh, you're not? Where I'm going, oh, okay, let's go. Let's, let's do it. Okay, so it's both. so it is it is both because it is it is okay this is going to go way off off tangent here uh the tv series dark um which uh we (laughs) haven't talked about enough on here uh it's all about time travel and it's all about how is that uh, the one on the spaceship no no this is a german one and it's like it's in like a small town in germany and it starts off as being like a a laura palmer some kids are missing stuff but then it's all about time travel anyways uh, that one works because the time travel is circular. Literally, the people um, will go into the past trying to fix the thing that's a problem for them in their present, mm-hmm. go into the past, and they will actually cause the thing that causes them the problem in the present by going into the past. And that's exactly what happens here, is that it is it is a circular thing. You can't separate them. Macbeth absolutely chooses to uh, do the murders. But uh, again, just like Brittany says, he wouldn't have even had the thought without the the witches there. But he does choose it, and I feel like it's 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 an active combination of both. And the fact that he goes back to the witches to confirm his choices is very indicative of a retriever. Yeah, kind of, but but of like him being like, uh, "Did I do good?" 
yeah, did I do good? It's like, I'm on the right path, right? Like I can still do all this. And he's like, oh, no, what, no man of, born of woman can harm me. It's like, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. My choices are amazing. But it is, it is uh, a circular roundabout uh, returning to the original prophecy every time to inform those choices mm. that then lead him to uh, seek out the witches again to continue that, that cycle over and over again of how am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do next? Okay, I'll go choose to go do it. It's kind of like the, this this shared thing. I think I think the line I'd kind of lean more towards Brittany. I think it is more fate, uh, more destined, just because the those prophecy does kickstart it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's the one who has to continue to choose to go back or to choose to to uh, head down that path, whether I, or not you know. And I think I think Lady Macbeth nudges him and everything, but he's say, he's there her. like. The thing is, is within himself to to go down that path. That that's my that's my half. He hums and haws so much. Well, I totally agree. But he hums and haws so much though initially though, right? Because it's not until Lady Macbeth really is like, but don't you wanna? And he's like, I don't know. Bad things could happen. Do we really Mm -hmm. even go down this route? And she's just like, Yes, yes, we do. Like, I I still think that he's kind of forced into it because she's the one that really pushes him to do it. But as you said, like he does have to have some idea of the thought. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one. I, I think there's a reason Act that we, five, we all get yeah, asked. Sure. Well, well, that's the thing, right? And like, by the end, he's kind of, it's, it's showing what he, even when he's faced with the fact that his, the prophecies that foretold his doom are now coming true. He still acts, you know, it's not like he just sits there and lets them kill him. He, he fights and he tries to, to get out in act five. Um, and then he hastens his own right. demise. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like literally like his, his choices lead him to well i mean i don't think he woke up and was like i'm gonna get beat by somebody with a c-section right (laughs) (laughs) damn (laughs) like how the fuck was he supposed to know because i mean (laughs) just it's beautiful wording really fantastic wording on shakespeare's pirate but literally Macduff. like it's just that's the best uno reverso i've ever seen in my life well that that line like untimely ripped is is uh the uh the same thing is in tim or um the Merchant of Venice, right? Where it's like, well, you can have the pound of flesh, but you can't have any blood. So, you know, like yeah. it's it's a little legalese, right? Like like you didn't yeah. read the fine print, Macbeth, you know? So, um, idiot. Idiot. <laughs> Dumbass. So, yeah. Oh my God, speaking of, oh, his little like, when he's talking to Lady Macbeth when she's dead, oh my God, oh, boop, boop, boop. when he's like, my life is meaningless now slash life yeah. is meaningless at the end of it all. I'm like, oh, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Sorry, I just like when you said idiot. Well, when I said idiot, yeah. then you like, like, yeah, I was just like, oh, it is idiot. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> they're just so perfect. Anyways, it's destined. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who both? wins this Could argument. You say both? Could you say both? Because I'll say both if you say both. I think 100% I could agree with both, but it is definitely more destined than for you. Yeah, sorry, I, I really hate agreeing with Okay, Aiden, okay but, but Lindsay, Lindsay, to make it easier for you, just know that uh, prophecies aren't real, uh, which <laughs> yes. isn't real, and time travel isn't real. So none of that applies in any of the, the real world scenarios. Yeah, I suppose. I'll say okay, both. Because like, I mean, like, let's put it this way. Take away the witches. Yeah. Now yeah. what? Yeah, what happens? Nothing. Probably. I agree. Like, literally, he's not going to go, hey, babe, do you want to go? Like, he is just too himbo to go, hey, baby, do you want to go kill a king? Like, yeah. she would suggest it first before he would, but she has no reason to because she's just like, is my hubby happy? He like, I'm very happy. She's like, you do you, boo-boo. <laughs> like, they're great. They're fantastic. All right. None of this happens until literally the witches are like, psst, you want some prophecy? 
Yeah. Like they're literally, I envision them in my head as just like these three women huddling around wearing trench coats, just opening them up, being like, yeah. you want prophecy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, would be, that would yeah. be a good, a good production. <laughs> I want to see you direct a version of Macbeth where it's just like three witches on a street corner and, yeah. you know, queens. They just... open up their trench coat and do you want it, do you want this prophecy right here? Yeah. Actually, that'd be hilarious. That would be funny, right? <laughs> Next to the fake Rolexes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be such a good meme. But that's what it is. You take away the witches, you take away everything else. I agree. Fine. Without them, fine. I guess I, I guess I'll, I'll concede defeat in this round of ancient bickerings. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany, for backing me up. Thanks, oh no, helpful. thank you. It was a good point. Fifty-fifty was well, not fifty-fifty. More leaning towards death. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but also, does that kind of not show? I, I hate to say this, but kind of what a weak play Macbeth is in some ways too. Yeah, you take away. Sense. Well, because I mean, there's other plays where I don't know, like you could still take away some key characters in other plays and it still kind of runs smoothly. And this one, if you take away them, psh, everything's gone. I mean, it's the same with Hamlet, though. Like, if Hamlet's True. ghost doesn't show up, then you got no play. But it's, it's, but I mean, you still have, there's the brewing of it. I think this one is interesting because the witches are so crucial. Like, without it, yeah. Hamlet or Macbeth's probably fine. Hamlet's still going to be depressed because his mom and, and his uncle are together. And, and in theory, you could have else. something else kind of like spur yeah. his revenge, right? Well, and, and maybe maybe Macbeth had some something else could have happened there too, but mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like in the play that the the witches are absolutely integral to making anything happen. Right? It's more propaganda so. for King James, man. All that supernatural <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. No, it totally is. Right? Do you want some of that supernatural? I got you. <laughs> Now we just need Dean and whatever else, Sam. Yeah, that's it. Yes, the supernatural <laughs> team. That's yeah, right. The crew, yeah. <laughs> Life but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot. It's full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. So, Aiden, where are we headed to next on the podcast? Uh, well, the next episode will be about, funnily enough, speaking of Macbeth, uh, Shakespeare's most famous plays. So we're going to look at all the, the big ones. We did uh, Shakespeare's lesser known plays earlier in the podcast series. So this yep. will be the exact opposite, <laughs> looking at all the, the big name plays and what makes them famous and how they work and everything. Um, and then after that, we have one it- of those ones that kind of in the middle uh, between famous and not famous, Antony and Cleopatra. Yeah. It's, it's a name play. It's a big tragedy. They're famous historical figures, but the play itself isn't put on all that often. I've never read that... Antony and Cleopatra either, so this will be. Yes, yeah, you read it in university. I know you skipped that one. Uh, I skipped a lot of the mention. ones that I. You skipped okay. a lot. So did I? Like, did you? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That but happens. once again, it's not pushed. No. Yeah. People are no, like, yeah, that exists, and you yeah. just keep going. Yeah. There's other yeah. historical plays that are much more relevant. Yeah. Yeah, and they get put on way more. So I think, well, yeah, it'll, Antony and Cleopatra will be interesting. And there is the big uh, Elizabeth Taylor 67 or 68 version. It was yeah, again yeah. in the 60s yeah. heyday. So we might watch that one and, sure. and have some thoughts on that. But yeah, that, those are the next ones okay. coming up. Interesting. Um, this should be a good lead out as we finish summer and head into the fall. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We're almost so done. We're headed into yeah. like the last little – 10 years of yeah. Shakespeare's career, which is kind of exciting. So yeah, I think there's only, I think our last episode will probably be coming out in March or so of yeah, 2022, that's true. which is not very far. Wow. So wow. yeah. Crazy. 
Yeah. So thank you, Brittany, again, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love Macbeth too much. I feel so bad for both of you because I had so many emotions. <laughs> no, this is great because I mean, <laughs> you know, it's nice yeah, to have so many emotions, so many terrible analogies and metaphors. <laughs> Yzma and Krunk, I think, is the best one so far. That's, that's, I, I that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely yeah. going to influence the way I read this play going oh, forward no. for the rest of my life. Macbeth, you know, just <laughs> filling out orders at a restaurant that he walks into. I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely Macbeth. Uh, energy there for sure. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Love him though, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, uh, thanks again. Oh, and uh, thank, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Uh, say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>